You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello once again, Pats Nation, and welcome to the latest and always greatest edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, a presentation of WEEI-FM, WEEI.com. Odyssey and 2400 Sports. I'm your host today, one of the members here of the Pats panel that is the Six Rings Podcast, your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens, joined as always by Captain Sunshine himself, Andy Jumbo Hart, and public enemy number one of Pats Nation. His poster is all over Gillette Stadium. Do not enter signs. The one and only primetime Chris Scheim. Gentle friends, how we be today? Wonderful. How are you guys doing? Super. Thanks oh, for asking. Thanks. I can tell it's going to be thanks one of those podcasts. My yeah, thanks for <laughs> blowing out our podcast and uh, just being your usual blast of awesome. All right, on today's pod, it's a two-parter. It's quite simple. We're going to look at Patriots and Steelers, Pats versus Stillers, gone downtown to what used to be Heinz Field with Yinsbergs. On the first side, we're going to go Patriots offense against the Steelers defense. Can they recover from an abysmal single touchdown performance? against the Dolphins to put up enough points to get the dub. And on the flip side, the other side of the McDLT, we'll look at the Patriots defense. Actually had themselves a pretty good game week one. Can they shut down the Trubisky experience enough to help the offense motor through and get the D in the Steel City? All right, boys, that Patriots offense. We've had a little time to let the game film against the Dolphins marinate. It's set in. We've reviewed the plays. Some of us have even gone so far as to all 22 it. We've looked at all the Twitter cutups and beyond. We've heard the Orlovskis say that it was much worse than we expected. And then there have been some who have said that it was better than what we saw on tape. So before we get into the game specifics here, where are you sitting now with how the Patriots offense look against the Dolphins? We'll begin with you, Jumbo Face. Um, I think it is what it is. I think both ends are a little extreme. We talked about it earlier in the week. I was, you know, optimistic that they actually had a couple drives that were um, sort of NFL caliber, better than we've seen all summer. Mac looked comfortable, those types of things. And I don't know, I'm overly simplistic in the NFL often. And I believe when you have teams that are on similar levels, which I think the Dolphins and Patriots might be mediocre, wild card, non-wild card teams, turnovers are going to swing it. That's just the reality of the way it's played. So you know, and and not to sound like Bill Belichick, but you eliminate those turnovers, those big plays that they gave up. It's probably a different ball game now. All of a sudden, Tua, who I'm not sure who has a lot of faith in, has pressure on him. 
you know, it's and maybe it's not a shootout with Mac, but he's in a dogfight with Mac, his former, you know, Alabama mate there. So I think the offense was okay. Like I wouldn't be pushing the panic button like Bob Lobel, but I also wouldn't be like, you know, better start drafting some fantasy players from the Patriots offense because they're about to explode. No. The reality is they're mediocre. Don't turn the ball over, and mediocre might be enough against teams like the Dolphins and the Steelers. They may not have enough talent, like we said before, Shime, to overcome four turnovers like Buffalo in that opening night throttling of the Rams. The Bengals, who have six turnovers, unbelievably in a home opener where they still had a chance to win were it not for an egregious display by their special teams. But at the same time, I would hardly call what they put forth last week uh, creative, dynamic, or explosive. We went through some of the stats earlier this week, Shime. They had two R- they had no RPOs, two play actions. They did average five yards of carry early, which is kind of nice, but then the run game faltered. They went away from it, and Mac was pressured an insane amount. So offensive line needs to step up before we even see anything resembling um, a proficient a pro- or prolific offense from the Pats this week. Yeah, and I think the biggest issue for me is that, like, in my mind, the Patriots offense is the uh, most damning part of this team. And it, I think the Steelers defense, even without TJ Watt, might be better than the Miami defense you just played. Mm-hmm. Like, th- this defense is electric. They are constantly t- turning the ball over no matter who they play, whether it's six turnovers against Joe Burrow in week one or last season. I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick is one of the best safeties in football. Um, this team is good on defense top to bottom every single year. On top of that, they do have Brian Flores in the room now who has had a lot of success against Bill Belichick in his coaching, at least head coaching career in Miami. And now he's a Tomlin assistant. Uh, And Tomlin is always going to get his players up for a game, especially a game against the New England Patriots. Uh, Mike Tomlin is also a fantastic coach at home as an underdog. Uh, they are currently two-point underdogs. He he wins at, like, outright wins as an underdog 75% of the time at home, um, which is just – it's really good. And it shows – and I think people give Mike Tomlin a lot of crap because he's a rah-rah guy and they don't they're gonna be ready for that ass we're gonna be ready for that ass he's dancing with his with his players in the locker room and stuff but that's just who he is for those of you who can't watch right now because we don't really video clips often enough andy hart is currently doing a tribal pounding of his chest as if he's ready to go into battle it's what mike tomlin does on the sideline occasionally yeah, it, it, and and his players love him, and his players are always oh, up for the challenge. Yep, yeah. um, I and, think and he's I a I think he's a very good coach. He's, he's more coach. than just a rah rah guy. I think these offenses are pretty equal, all things considered. I don't think Trubisky's all that good. I think the Steelers have a couple better weapons than you, but their offensive line isn't all that great. And getting the ball in the hands of those well, let's uh, just playmakers to, let's, is difficult. Let's stick to so. Patriots offense versus Steelers defense right now. Yeah, on, on so, that on that side of things, make a Fitzpatrick. Like you mentioned earlier, dynamite playmaker, one of the best safety corner hybrids, one of the best defenders in the NFL period. He was named AFC Defensive Player of the Week for his effort with his pick six that began the game last week against the Bengals as well. Obviously, TJ Watt will not be coming to the pregame meal, nor will he be taking any meaningful snaps because he has the slightly torn pectoral. Uh, Andy, you've torn one of your upper gentleman muscles before, right? Was it a bicep, a pec? uh... Bicep. It was a bicep. I didn't know right. where you were going with upper gentleman muscles. I was like, <laughs> is that a hernia? Yeah, I, tried, you- I tried to make it kind of fun for you. Um, 
people forget also they added uh but they did add they lost bud dupree last year they did add miles jack this offseason i thought that was yep. a sneaky excellent pickup for them yeah. as well yeah. uh terrell so edmonds the Bengals because miles yeah. jack and uh minka fitzpatrick combined for like 25 tackles or something at least. in that game. We're all and over. They were, and they got Ogan Joby as well. And Cam Hayward is sneakily one of the quiet best underrated players in the NFL. That's who you want your kid. That's who you want your boy Barmore to turn out to be, Andy. Yep. If he no turns question. out to be a Cam Hayward, forget about the the Will Fork and the Seymour comps. If he's anywhere resembling Cam Hayward adjacent in a couple of years, then he's a stud. But, and they were great against the run too for the against the Bengals. Like Mixon was averaging only three yards a pop. Ultimately, like, it turned out to be an average of about four yards per carry. And the Patriots have averaged that's more Burrow yards had per a carry. Few really good had a scrambles. couple good scoots as well, right? But the the issue here for me is there's obviously an unknown with you mentioned Brian Flores. I think that brings right. something to the table. Absolutely. Because the Patriots Steelers have a history, a long history. Even Coach Belichick talked about it this week. It's weird they haven't played in a couple of years because it used to be every year every and if year. not a couple times a year um but brian flores i do think adds a layer um to the chess match especially in week two where neither team has declared really what they are even though the steelers kind of are who they are historically but the the tj was lot uh loss to me is is a big one because he is a defensive player of the year he is a dynamic player a guy a defense is built upon and it'll be interesting to see. I'm not going to say they don't have good players because they still have good players. They probably have more talent top to bottom defensively than the Patriots do. Um, but a guy like Alex Highsmith, who has three sacks last week. Yep. yep. Well, what does he do when he's elevated? You know, the domino effect when, he's when everybody doubled. slides up and everybody's like, oh, there's no TJ Watt on the other side. Hey, Alex, I'm going to block you now because now I'm actually more worried about you than who's coming in. So I think there's that that trickle down effect of that loss. And it's an unknown. But the reality is there's some stupid number, and I read it in the Steelers press release. They've either tied or led the NFL in sacks as a team for like 30 straight years. Like the reality is no matter who's out there, whether it was like Joey Bell or Kirkland or whatever. Kevin Green, right. Harrison, Kevin Mm -hmm. Green, like they're going to pressure the quarterback. And coming off of last week when the Patriots weren't really ready to deal with pressures and overloads and where's guys coming and the communication – the game is probably going to hinge on that. If they're better up front, if Trent Brown looks engaged and interested and is actually using his massive frame to block people instead of looking around like a kid lost at the mall trying to find his freaking mother, then they might be okay. But the Steelers can embarrass you, and this offensive line needs to prove it's not going to get embarrassed. That's what the Steelers do. The Steelers rush the passer, and of course, they have a history also of drafting and developing wide receivers, which we'll get to more when we get to the other side of the ball. I agree with you 100%, Andy. This game, neither team is so much better than the other that they can afford turnovers, or that they can afford shoddy offensive line playing. It's not like the Steelers had the best offensive line performance last week either, but the Patriots was subpar. And it can't be subpar, especially when, and now let's get to some of the more interesting notes in terms of personnel. You have issues like dynamic playmakers on the outside and a lack of, and an owner who now wants to see one that we think is maybe one of their better ones in Kendrick Bourne, see more playing time. And you also have, and in case any fans haven't learned this, the Patriots de facto two minute third down back time Montgomery out of nowhere, going to injured reserve, not for the ankle he injured against the Raiders, but for a knee injury, apparently he sustained against the Dolphins. So to me, this could be, I don't know, this could be a little addition by subtraction. Not that I don't love Ty Montgomery. I've been pumping his tires all off season long. Maybe this is when they say, all right, enough. 
We have to run a lot of this offense this week through Ramondre Stevenson. The kid's one of our best playmakers. Up the gut, on the outside, screen passes, however you can get him involved. Lord forbid, maybe we'll see some different play calls this week and we'll see some different personnel groupings from Matt Patricia to get a guy like Ramondre Stevenson in space, Andy. The problem with that theory is he's still green as a pass protector. And if there's a team that's going to take advantage of a green running back in terms of pass protection, Steelers. it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And long-term, I'm all for you, Fitzy. I think Ramondre Stevenson is going to make plays as a three down or third down back, either or. Got I think to. this is a week where he could make some plays and give up some plays and all of a sudden be like, oh, I was supposed to block that guy. Uh, my bad, Mac. My bad. My bad. Hope the back feels okay. Maybe go get another x-ray after the game. Um, so oh, yeah. And our quarterback, but we keep, we keep sleeping on the fact that he's like, I'm good, everybody. It's fine. fine. No, I'm fine. He's fine. He said he was fine. I take him at his word. He's fine. Uh, and on top of that, back. he came out in that same press conference. He's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. He also said that he felt like the tape looked better. Those two are combined. Yeah. The reason he feels fine is because of all the drugs he's taken. No, all well, the drugs he's taken make the look, man, we were good, man. Look at that. We were, we were close, man. But what kind of drugs are you talking about, Andy? You're talking about the drugs that he was given to alleviate the pain from the injury he sustained versus the Dolphins or the drugs that they force into every player to make them speak Belichick and never actually reveal any information or speak uh, with honesty those. and candor. He's been using those for like a year yeah. and a half, but he's used to those. It's the yep. it's the it's new the, drugs to make his back. It's the drugs Christian Fourier takes to make his back. Oh, feel that are in his backpack all the time that he like, walks around. This is great when he's all happy-go-lucky at like five. bouncy and ready yeah, to go. Yeah, Christian, you're in your early 50s. You seem to have a lot of energy and move really well. Do I? Do I really? You want to uh, help yourself to my backpack? So um, as, as we look at these matchups here, do we have – confidence in because i was reading matt castle uh on nbc sports boston he does some writing and some audio multimedia stuff for them and his fixation was totally on the run game he's been fixating on it coming into the season they need to run the ball as an offense he's fixated on it they need to run it better this week set up play action pass couldn't agree all more. Of those the things that said do we have confidence that those two guys because now it's two guys right it's it because it, because even if you dreamed of pierre strong being part of it He's on the injury report, too, uh, with a knee injury or a shoulder injury, whatever. He's on the injury report, too. So I think there's zero chance of it being Pierre Strong. This is a Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson show. Do we have confidence that those guys can go out and be the foundation of the offense against Pittsburgh? Yeah, I am. I'm not one of those people that believes you have to have to run the ball to establish play action. I well, don't know. Yeah, exactly. And 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 so I don't think that they have to be the foundational pieces this week, but I, I think they need to contribute, right? I think they need to be a, a a part of this offense. They need to be a contributing factor. You cannot be just like this non-factor. I hand it to you. There's two yards, uh, run into the line of scrimmage, uh, negative three. Like there needs to be some kind of occasional I don't want to say game break because I'm not looking for you to go 60 to the house but like I need you to go for eight or nine every once right. in a while I need you to to do that like I, it can't just be this plotting like slow I'm just gonna like negative yard sometimes well it, it wasn't last week in the first half though Shime the Pats were running the ball quite effectively and more inside than out and I think the speed of the Steelers defense especially in the secondary and the pursuit from some of their safeties will probably make it a little more difficult to go outside. They're going to have to try win straight up flat out double teaming Hayward and pushing it up the gut. And they're going to have to average four or five yards of carry for a while and introduce the threat 
of a pass coming later because the Steelers are on the Patriots running game. If the Pats go up the gut and they just get stuffed time and again, and Mac is sitting back, I think we can all agree. This is just universally true in all football games, let alone this particular war of Allegheny attrition, that if you're putting your quarterback in a bunch of third and sevens, he's going to have a long ass day. He's He's going to be at and Mac. They're going to tee off on him, especially. I know the pass pro, was was a little rough last week, and it was those overloads. And if there's anyone who, uh, and you guys both mentioned it earlier, I just want to say it one more time if the, so that viewers are ready for this on Sunday. If they are in third and six, third and seven or longer, if there is anyone in the world who knows exactly how to insert your choice of football guy phrases here, scheme, dial up, whatever, a blitz that is going to confound Mac and have people all, all over his face, it's going to be Brian Flores and Mike Tomlin. Okay, so as we uh, sort of wrap up this aspect of the matchup, offense versus defense, Patriots O, Steelers D, is this the area that will decide the game? Not to get overly simplistic, but does this matchup have the chance to decide the game? A thousand percent. A thousand and ten percent. That's why I wanted to start there because, as we'll get to it in a minute, um, I feel a whole lot better about the Patriots defense after looking at game one all over again and the numbers they're in versus who they're playing than I do the Patriots offense against the Steelers defense. See, I don't I don't necessarily believe this is the matchup, but it's uh, uh, it not necessarily a matchup that we're going to directly correlate. I believe it's more of a defense versus defense matchup. They don't actually play on the field together, you know. No, I'm aware of that. I'm just saying That's, whichever uh, one. You can't I, I say, think, all right, no, after the coin toss, which side do you want to have out there? Uh, we both choose D. It's it's whichever defense is going to force more turnovers. Oh, um. So, okay. I And I agree with that. Force slash accept. I, I may quibble. No, Andy, what's going on right now is Shime is tipping his hand in advance of our new weekly feature, uh, the six ring picks. Uh, where we're going to give our best picks for the NFL, both in terms of overs, unders, and game action. Shime is basically tipping his hand right now that he's going to be betting the family fortune on the under in Pat Steelers, Andy. Um, and I just had a dog interrupt the uh, broadcast. Sorry. It's okay. Dogs are always well. I don't know if you could hear the jingle of the caller. Um, you can hear the feet on the hardwood floor. How many... Um... Yeah, the under, I, I kind of agree with Shine. I was just pushing his buttons because, you know, yeah. I, anytime you know, hold on. Or <laughs> that's what, wait, hold on. That's, that's what you do. That's no, what you do. I was just kind of pushing his for. No, it's years of me getting that. Like, hey, Tom, do you uh, you think you need to match Peyton Manning? Well, actually, Peyton and I don't don't play on the field at the same time together. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Thanks for playing along, Jack Wagon. Oh, man. Um, how many points, uh, before we transition into the other side of this uh, mirrored spectrum, how how many points do we think it takes to win this game? Twenty. Exactly. I was gonna I was gonna say twenty one. I'm not sure it takes twenty. Oh my god! Are you but and I gonna be, are you and I gonna be sitting through seventeen sixteen on Sunday and then doing a three hour post game show Forget about it? Seventeen sixteen. You're looking at more like nine to six. I think both <laughs> these offenses sneaky stink and both the oh, teams. Uh, are kind I don't of think good, it's so. sneak, I don't think it's sneaky, Andy. I think uh, they do uh, both stink. Uh, a gentle reminder, once again, earlier in the week, I set the over-under on the number of plays Kendrick Bourne is in this week after Robert Kraft spoke up about wanting to see one of his receivers and a half? Uh, involved more after all the controversy, if you will. Well, with to the be Tom clear, Robert Kraft comments. didn't speak up necessarily. Nope. Or spoke no, no, no. To... it was a report that it caught his eye. It yes. was not even a report that he said anything. Just right. that it caught uh, his I bet you he said, I bet you. No, nah, I see. I think he got a little more involved. I think he DGAF and wants to see his team score some points. And this whole idea of Matt Patricia's doghouse 
is insane. Uh, I'm taking the over in that as well. I'll take over Kendrick Bourne, 40 yards. And I still think if any receiver gets in the six point house, uh, it's Bourne. So I say it takes 20 points to win. Andy, Shime, you both, Shime, you say 21. Andy says far less. Hmm. We will see. It might be a struggle. But one thing, it's not a struggle, is just hitting the subscribe on the Six Rings Pod or follow at Six Rings Pod on the socials as well. We thank you guys for tuning in and making us a part of your regularly scheduled Patriots programming. 